G'day guys and welcome back to another episode of the 23rd Man Podcast brought to you by Josh and Liam. How you doing Josh? Oh mate, I am, I'm feeling good today. What about yourself? Yeah, I'm feeling good. You got me up nice and early for this one. Uh, early starts of the morning mate, it's always the best. I know you want to get straight into this podcast. Yeah, there's there's a lot to talk about. So, uh, first week of finals. Oh mate, it's what'd good you think finals. of the What'd you think of the whole weekend? Over the weekend, mate, I was quite impressed with the games and the display of the teams within those games. Um, you know, this this finals had it all. It had a close ending. You know, um, the teams we expected to win did come out, show out, and win. Um, and Essendon, you know, their streak continues. Their yep. little curse, but we'll get to we'll, those a bit. We'll get into that. All right, so our finals week one review let's get started so our first game on the friday night was port adelaide and geelong and all i gotta say is my premiership predictions looking good so far i reckon yeah well you're not wrong mate um port adelaide you know they've throughout the season they've um been said to you know not perform against top eight sides but they looked very very good i think against geelong obviously the two best teams in the comp right now are Port and Melbourne yeah, and they're, oh, 100%. they're the two teams that have got two home prelims but yeah um, Port just proved to be too quick for Geelong uh, their pressure was just their pressure all over yeah. Geelong I mean Geelong weren't able to get anything going the way, at all the way Geelong want to play that I guess slower game style of controlling the ball kicking it around in they the back half do it, they? they even kicks kicks across the field in the back half in the back 50 they were getting cut off miss kicks any time they tried to go through the corridor they were getting cut off too they just couldn't get anything going no poor adelaide you know they really made a statement um so you know they get the week off they go straight into the um uh, week three of finals and you know they've only got to win one more game and they're they're in the they're, grand they're final granny um well we'll start with the start of the game um even before the game, how good is it to hear the Australian national anthem in a full stadium? It mate? is. Oh, it wasn't full. Well, it was know. at twenty thousand, um, twenty k capacity, but it was good hearing the Never Terrace apart too before as well. Uh, the Port Adelaide fans, they they are getting right behind their team, backing them in for some people this hate it and some people love it. Oh, I love it. I like it. I love watching the Never Terrace apart before the game. I like it. Um, um, all right, so let's get into you know couple of the players um ollie wines huge you know huge game um i'll get into a couple of the cats players so two they had too many passengers that game i'll i'll name a few so Lockie henderson had a lot of mistakes Mm -hmm. that led to goals slipping up yeah gary rowan basically was playing for port adelaide that game they they even at one point slotted him into the back line and you know he wasn't even still there like you know that's your that's one of your key fordmen you know, zero goals. Yeah. Um, Luke Dowhouse mm-hmm. and Mark Blitzavs, to name a few. You just don't see it, do you? You know, they're, they're starting to feel the effects of missing Tom Stewart in that back line as well, aren't they? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, that that's the biggest... I think that's the biggest loss coming into the finals for a team yeah. is that loss of Tom Stewart. Yeah, you know, he just provides so much composure. Extremely out of, underrated, I reckon. Out of the back line. Oh, 100%. Um, 
I'd like to talk about Duncan as well. You know, his first game back since round 14 with his um, hamstring injury. And he was probably their best he was player. The, he, he was the Cats' best player. You know, 33 disposals, didn't skip a beat. You know, in a game where there weren't many positives for the Cats at all, you know, Duncan was the one positive. Um, but, you know, Port Adelaide, they were just too good. They See, it was the complete opposite for Port. So they had a lot of players who stepped up for them you know there wasn't one main player that stood out for Port. yeah so it was a team effort it was and the interesting thing is charlie dixon didn't even kick any goals no he didn't and they still won by seven goals that's it 43 points they won by so they had the a couple players that i said that stepped up so fantasia had a huge game um motlop kicked three Mm-hmm. Um, Dersma had 24 touches Amon And then of course you got to talk about Leah Aaliyah Oh you know Just he, a he pillar why, Down in the he back He shows why He's an all Australian Defender doesn't yeah. he You know he had um, he, Easily um, the best Recruit of the year Oh of course He had um, No I doubt now Five intercept marks In the first quarter Or something like that That's just you know That's crazy Set the tone for the whole game That's crazy Alright so Four finals games We're starting something new So we are doing uh, Our best three players On the ground So we're going to do it In a way of One two three For votes So I'm going to say mine first And then you're going to say yours So For one One vote uh, One vote I have Fantasia uh, you know, four goals. You know, didn't get many possessions, but four goals. You can't can't rule that out. Mm-hmm. Two, I've got Aaliyah. Aaliyah. His yep. presence down back was just. You, there's no way to describe it. It was massive for them. And three, I have to go Ollie Wines. Just okay. his how well he played in that midfield, um, linking handballs, getting the ball inside fifty. He was massive. Okay. Um. So for for my one vote, I had Mitch Duncan. You know, okay. although although their team didn't get the win, um, he was easily the Cats' best on ground. Okay, and you know, thirty three touches, especially coming off an injury, for me he gets the one vote. Two votes for me was Fantasia, as you said. You know, four goals. He stepped up. He did what he needed to do as a forwardman. You know, when Charlie Dixon's not there kicking goals, someone else has to be. Otherwise, they're going to lose. Yep. And Fantasia was that guy. And then for three votes for me, I had Travis Boak. Bro, so, I would have had Bokey if he had kicked straight. He had three behinds. He did have three behinds. But yeah. he was he was huge. It was either a toss-up between oh, those two. I was either going to put Wines or It's Boak. always a toss-up between those two. But my argument for Boak is just his pressure. You know, he had seven tackles yeah. that game. You know, he's stopping the elite Cats midfield. You know, he um, well, he wasn't tagging, but, you know, Guthrie was only held to, I think, 16, 17 touches. Yeah. You know, and that's due uh, a lot due to Boak and his pressure. You know, he finished with 32 touches, 17 kicks, 15 handballs. He was just, for me, he was my best on ground. But yeah, I can see the I argument was, for lines. I would have put him in my top three, but I didn't want to look like I was just being, you know... Favouring the midfielders. Just favouring the midfielders. Mm. Just going Boak and Wines. So I decided to switch it up a little bit with what players on the other sides of the ground, how they influence the game. So that's how I decided to go about that one. Mm-hmm. Um, you got anything else to go on about, uh, about that game? Uh, well, I've just got here, you know, it was Hawkins' 300th game as well. And, you know, 300's a big milestone and I'm sure um, he would have liked to get the win. Obviously he hasn't. And also, Geelong have now lost their first, their fifth yes. straight... First final 
for the last five years. Well, now I've got another stat for you. So ever since their 2011 flag, they've made the finals each year, mm-hmm. and eight out of their first eight out of their last nine first week of finals, they've lost. They've lost. Yeah, that's the the only one coming in 2016, I believe, when Isaac Smith. Uh, missed a shot after the siren mm. against uh, when he was playing for the Hawks. Well, that stat, you know, that shows the importance of getting that double chance. Yeah, you know, losing like the Cats for the past. Well, what, what do we what do we think of the inability to win in that first week of finals when they've been such an elite team? They've almost made top four each of those nine seasons. Well, so I don't, I just don't get it. I. You always think going into a first week of finals, if Geelong's in a qualifying final, it, it's usually never at home. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. usually away somewhere, but they're never they're never winning these games. Well, usually, you know, they're finishing third or fourth, so they are versing, as we say, better teams. They're making uh, it difficult. They're making it more. They difficult do make for it themselves. hard for themselves. Yeah, hundred percent. But you know, you got you're going into Paul Adelaide's house. You're going into yeah. Adelaide Oval. It's just they've been they've been so good for so long. And each season, it seems like they're getting better, mm. but they just can't finish a job. No, and it's been and they haven't won a premiership for ten years. Yeah, well, that's true as well. But you know, it is it is concerning because that is the game you want to win. You want that week off. You know, you yeah. don't want to. Now risk, it's going to be tough. Yeah, you don't want to risk losing. In, in the second week when you now they skip that week. Now yeah. they're going to have to go through Melbourne, oh, and, and I that, think that's. Mm, I don't. I don't like their chances if they win. Uh, Win on Friday. Mm. All right, so let's move on to our first Saturday game. So Sydney and GWS, Ooh. best game of the round. What a game. Best this, game of the weekend. This was a crazy game to watch. Um, so, Liam, we were at a uh, mate's birthday party. Happy 20th birthday to George and Riley. Um, we were at their pub crawl, and we still managed to, you know, get Oh, mate, watch. I was watching it the whole time. You had, you had the phone up. We popped into the pub here and there to watch it on the TV, and... Boy, oh boy, what a game. There wasn't How excited did we get when uh, I came up to you? I'm like, oh, buddy. Yeah, buddy's buddy's marked kick. it from 50 metres out. Two minutes to go to put him in front. He, and he did spray that one. Yeah, and then he put it right, and it was all over after that. Well, so, Sydney just blew their chance to win this game. Six straight behinds in the last... Well, well their last scoring in the last In the were, last two minutes, you know, they... Repeat, got repeat entries. They should have won by fifth. three or four goals oh, easily, easily. You know they just missed their chances. I mean they had twenty three scoring shots. Um, so you know they ki- they kicked inaccurately. They were ten and thirteen. Well, that's what that's what I pointed out. Yeah. So six and behinds. six behinds. You know they were ten seven, and that just jumps to ten um thirteen. Like that cannot happen, and that is the reason they lost. Regardless, I think. They they cannot put a fail. No way they oh, can put God, a fail no. on this season. No, no. That is a that's a great season by Sydney, Every, and they're going to be back. Was back in the Swans they're going to be back next year. Oh, because their youngsters are going to get better. Bit of a Cinderella, Cinderella story. But he's going to have well. his thousandth goal. Unfortunately, he couldn't get there. He only had three. He finished he on what nine hundred and ninety-five. So yeah, he could have had five, again. but that's okay. Um, so it was just clear desperation by GWS to win that game 
and to they, keep their season alive and they did it in amazing fashion you know to get that win by a point and you saw you saw toby green's reaction when he had the ball and the siren went what it meant to them oh they were ecstatic um well i think obviously the biggest talking point will be toby green but we'll get into that at a later in a later second. point yeah um i just want to talk about um perryman in defense for the Giants. Yeah. How huge was he? You know, 29 disposals and the diving. He had a game-saving dive. The diving, yeah. yeah, exactly. Touched the ball. You know, that Isaac Heaney, I believe, it was Heaney, wasn't it, who yeah. kicked it. And the ball took a bounce. You know that Sharon. You know how it yeah. moves on the field. And, he was very lucky to get to it. And Perryman dived and just rushed it through for that behind. Saved which in the saved, game. Yeah, and that's just a testament to him and defense. He yeah. was huge. Speaking of Heaney, um, he kicked four goals, one. Uh he kicked four straight, four um, of Sydney's goals in a row well, at one point in the second half. Well, that second half for Sydney, you know, they were down quite a bit at um, certain points in the game. and they, down by four goals. They, they looked done, but, you know, Heaney, and they were able to bring it back. And they, throughout that second half, they had all they the dominated. momentum. They had all the momentum. They just didn't take their chances. Oh, it's, They're going to so be ruining those chances for, for the whole summer. Well, Luke Parker also, he gave it his all with, you know, 34 touches, five tackles, you know, he, Luke Parker this season well, has been... now that's what huge. I want to get into. So, um, our best three players on the ground. So, for my first vote, I had Luke Parker. Mm-hmm. Um, second vote, I had uh, Harry Perryman. Mm-hmm. And third, I have to go with Toby Green. You had Toby Green? He's just, even though he had... Only 10 touches, he had three goals, and he's just so influential. Well, they, they all came in the first half. He eh? is, he's a match winner for a reason. They don't win that game without Toby Green. So that's why I've got him got him as my best player on the ground. Okay. Um, I had quite similar. Uh, with my, my one vote, I had Harry Perryman. Mm-hmm. You know, as I said, elite in defense and saved the game for the Giants. Um... Two votes, I had Parker. As I said before, you know, he was all around the ball doing what he's done all season, um, elite like that. And so for three votes, you had Toby Green. I had the flip side of that. I, you know, although they didn't get the win, Isaac Heaney, he stood up in a big game. As we said, four goals won. Um, Obviously, Toby Green, you know, he kicked the first, uh, I think the first two goals or something like that, um, two of the first three. Um he he was huge. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Um, it's just for me. I I see Isaac Heaney. You know, four goals, one in a in his final. The the argument can be made for both. So I see where you're coming from with Toby Green, but I just think you know, if that if that ball bounced you know a little further, if Perryman wasn't able to get there, Toby Green wouldn't be in my. Isaac Heaney would have had what five goals, the match winner. And yep. Sydney would be through to the next round. Yeah. So that's why I've got him as my um, player yep. of the game. There. Okay. I can see that. All right. So let's move on to our Saturday night game. So we had the D's and the Lions. So the D's are just too good. They're just... The one thing I can see is they're so elite at turning the ball over and moving the ball over a turnover. So once they get that turnover, that spread they have, it's almost Richmond-like. Oh, they just get the, it the spread to they thing. have moving down the field. They move it down so fast, and everyone runs down the field wherever they need to run, and you know, it's usually a goal after a turnover. Yeah, well, Melbourne show why they were the minor premiers. You know, Bris- like 
playing Brisbane, it's tough. You know, I, I gave Brisbane a chance here, but Melbourne just, oh my goodness. Just too good. They were relentless. They're uh, the real deal. Uh, all they, it's, start, it's starting to feel real for Dee's fans. They haven't had something like this in a long time. No, they time. haven't. And, you know, the Dees, they were still, they were inaccurate this game, but they still won by 33 points. You know, they had a couple of set yeah. shots that went begging, you know. They missed easy ones, and they were still Could've able to dominate, more. you know. Um, and Bailey uh, Fritch, he was a big reason behind that. Kicked four goals, one. Yeah. And, you know, on the flip side, of course, you had um, Charlie Cameron, you know. Yeah, so he tried He him. tried to win the game for them off his own boot, but it just wasn't enough. Not enough. The Melbourne were just too good. They were. I, think, I don't think it was Brisbane being bad. I think it was just Melbourne being too... Two turned on, and they were too good. Well, uh, Danaher, let's talk about him. He was kept scoreless Where was for he? the first Where was time. Joe? Well, you know, does he go missing in finals? Yeah. You know, he's kicked so, a, kicked, kicked a goal, goal in every every game of the season, and this is the first game of the whole season that he doesn't kick one. I'm sure Brisbane fans didn't want this, but you, know, this you, is you can't that have that. To step up. Your star forward... Not kicking any goals a bit in like the final. Charlie Dixon, isn't it? Yeah, no, no, not kicking any goals in a final. That's inexcusable, in my opinion. Um, I've got an interesting stat. Mm-hmm. So, uh, since bringing Stephen May and uh, Jake Lever to the club, yeah, when both play, the highest amount of points they've conceded is ninety-eight, and that was the first game they've played. Really, and that's from twenty seventeen. That's just so when they defense. both play. They have not allowed more than 98 points. And when they did, that was their first game playing together. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. That crazy. Well, that's, that's crazy. Jack, Le- Jack Lever this game, 18 touches from 15 intercepts. When you just when you think about that, that's 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 a crazy stat. That is that is that's insane. an elite defense. Like Jack Lever, as I said, 18 touches from 15 intercepts. 15 intercepts. 15, yeah. That is stopping That's Brisbane. why it was an all-Australian backman. That It's stopping Brisbane from getting those scoring opportunities, you know? You, you you do all that work to get the ball down there, and then boom, Jack Lever takes an intercept mark. Yeah. Like, he's, as you said, that's the reason he's an all-Australian backman, and very, very deserving. I can't, like, he is one of the best defenders in the league. Yeah, um, agreed. Did you, uh, well, I know you saw because we were talking about it at the game. Um, Daniel McStay... Went off with a concussion. Did yeah, you see so he won't. He will not be playing. No, he won't. He um, uh, Cockatoo's knee went straight into his head. Oh, it wasn't a good. So- oh. wasn't Wasn't nice to see. No, so he's come off concussion. Won't play next week um, against the doggies, and that's a big loss. You know, McStay yeah, has been that's huge a massive for the, loss. McStay has been huge for the Lions all season. All right, so let's get into our best uh, three players in the ground. So, number one, I had Bailey Fritch. Mm-hmm. Number two, I had Lockie Neal. With 46 touches. Yeah. But a lot of them were empty disposals, in my opinion. But mm-hmm. you just can't take out the 46 touches, so I'm going to put him second. Yeah. And third, Petrarca. 32-2. and two. You just can't go past that. Okay. I Again, very similar. Um, instead of Bailey Fritch, I had Charlie Cameron. You know, in a game where Joe Danaher did not step up and it all came down to yep. Cameron... It was a one-man showdown in that forward line. And five goals won, you know, in a final. It's huge. Um, so that's why I had him for my one vote over Bailey Fritch. Um, second best on ground, I had Petrarca. Okay. As as you said, uh, the 30, the 30 um, touches and 
two goals, you know, he had two behind, so there's that opportunity for four, four yeah. you know. Um, but far out, that combination of Petrarca and Oliver in the midfield. Two or late. You know, I, saw, I saw a post on Channel 7. They, can, they were like, oh, what is the better trio? And it was Gorn, Oliver and Petrarca versus Cox, Kerr and Cousins. Uh, sorry, no, sorry. Cox, Judd and Cousins. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Well, th- that No, 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 no. Do not even think about it for a second. I'm going to say Melvin. Are you serious? Hell yeah. Why? Look at what they're doing. And look at what that midfield had already done. They won one premiership. Multiple Brownlows too. They won one premiership. And multiple Brownlows. This Melbourne haven't won, a, uh, haven't won any Brownlows in that trio and they haven't won a premiership. They're about to. But how do you know? They haven't won one yet. Uh, in a few years, maybe you could, sa- okay. in a, okay. you could say. But right now, that is a horrible comparison. No, I, I put... I put no. None of them are better than Chris Judd. I don't think you actually know how good Chris Judd was. I don't think you actually know how good Ben Cousins was. And I don't think you actually know they were, they were that good. Dean Cox was one of the most influential ruckmen of all time. They were good. I'm not saying they're not good, but you know... This, that Melbourne trio you, is not better. Not right put, now. You put this midfield against that midfield. Who's getting those touches? West Coast. West Coast one. No, but the way the game... Not right, not right now. Melbourne. Melbourne's... Well, I, could, I could see it. If they win a premiership, if they win a Brownlow or two in that trio... Sure, I could see it. I think the upside, but not right, not right now. Not that that that's my argument right there. I'm not saying that they won't be better. I'm saying give them a couple years, and then we'll see. But for now, West Coast one is obviously better. Oh, I don't know, man. I, I Gorn is just such such. So so I don't think you actually know how good Dean Cox was then. Uh, Dean Cox changed on, the game for Ruckman. With the amount of How touches so? he got around the ground. The way he played around the ground. He played as a ruckman and a midfielder. Because he was so agile. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess you can say, you know, he paved the way for ruckman. But, he did. You know, they're all... Now Gorn's doing it as well. Like, you know... Yeah, I'm not saying... Well, Gorn's not better than Coxie right now. No, not right now, no. That's, well, there you go. That's already but one out of the three Petrarca is better. and Oliver. Oliver is not better than Cousins or Judd. Well... No, you are not saying that... Petrarca and Oliver. Have you seen these guys' seasons? Have you seen? Have you ever seen Chris Judd play? I have seen. Have you ever seen Ben Cousins play? I have seen. And I don't want to hear this argument anymore. Let's move on. All right. So on our on the Sunday game. Whoa, 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 whoa! I didn't get up to my best on ground. We'll go slow down. Uh, Best on ground. I had Neil. He set the VFL VAFL record um, for most touches in a finals. Forty six. As you said, they might have been empty, but you cannot. You know, take that away from him. Forty-six touches is huge. Yeah, we were watching. Um, we were checking the stats at the time, and I remember you going, "Josh, you Lockie Neal, forty-six touches." Yeah, you know, I, I it was I, massive. Get you a little uh, uh, intoxicated, but you slow down, mate. I know how excited you were about it. Oh, mate, so, I haven't seen that. In a I, I, th- I thought you'd put him at number one, but all right, nah. all right. Let's move on to our final game of finals footy, the Sunday. Um. Dogs versus Dons, and, you know, although Dons got obliterated in the second half, and watching in my living room with my father, we were just so disappointed to see them kick uh, no goals for over an hour. Like, in a whole half of footy. That hasn't (sighs) happened for, like, 
40 plus years. The Don's just like setting new records in the finals, mate. Well, the streak the streak continues, the mate. The streak does continue. The, the streak, streak. The streak continues, unfortunately. So no finals wins since 2004. Yep, okay. Yeah, we don't um, need to go into that anymore. So it was shaping up to be a good game. It was. At halftime, it was a two-point game. In a wet tussle, the dogs just took over. Well, Essendon have not been able to play well in the wet for many seasons. And, you know, playing in Tassie where it was pouring with rain, um, you know, a lot of unforced errors. You know, they were dropping the ball, slipping over from time to time. Um, but the elite dogs midfield, they were just, they looked like they were Got playing with top. a dry football. You know, they look so, so good. Um, Cody Waitman as well. Four goals, you know, equals his career best well, and in his first with final. With him, I want to talk about the umpires. So a lot of questionable calls coming out well, of this game. All four of his goals were off free kicks. Yeah. All four of them. Um, I'd say two, two of, of them, them were yeah, fair. Two of them were legit. And two of them weren't. No, did you see um, the merit push over the boundary that resulted yeah, in Yeah, that was... that's It's finals footy. No, no uh, way. That shouldn't have been that. Um, but regardless, you know... It do- it doesn't matter. The um, Don's got beaten by more than four goals. I get the free kicks were a bit questionable, but at the end of the day, the dogs were just too good. Um, Aaron Norton as well. He kicked three. Just the dogs um, midfield to forward line. It's been great all season. You know they they are missing Josh Bruce. So the last time these guys met, Josh Bruce was playing. You know all three were playing, um, and Essendon were able to get that win. But that you know that was that. Marvel, yeah. Peter that, Wright also kicked seven. Yeah, well, that's he, it, and he had zero this game. Basically, non-existent in this game. No, he did nothing. Um, Parish, did you see his second quarter? Yeah, so that was a huge second quarter that kept them in the game. That did keep them in the but game, but fell off a bit after that. Well, yeah, he had sixteen touches in the um, second quarter and finished with thirty-five for the game. So for the other three, still quarters, a good game. Yeah. No, he kicked a goal as well. I remember you messaging the group chat saying that Parrish would not kick a goal. And to be honest, I, I agreed with you. Um, but yeah, he got a nice little uh, crumb, dribbled it through for a goal. I th- he did. think that was um, that was quarter. their last goal for ages, wasn't it? I'm not sure. Until Stringer slotted another. Um, but yeah, Dogs kicked 11 of the last 12 goals. Yep, just dominated, turned, put their foot on the gas and turned it on. Um, just another player that I want to talk about who has impressed me um, beyond measure this season is Sam Draper. He was huge this yeah. game as well. Um, 18 disposals and his hit outs, you know, he's winning the ruck contest. Um, usually, you know, he's able to combine with Stringer, Merritt and Parrish, but there was just, there wasn't a lot of connection. You know, um, the ball, the dogs were able to pounce on that. everything. It's hard in that, um, in that weather mm. to be able to do that. Yeah, well, I mean, regardless for the Essendon loss here, you cannot say it was a bad season. We've, nah, we've said it all you year. you cannot. You cannot. I mean, a lot of um, AFL analysts and a lot of fans as well had Essendon, you know, pinned for a bottom four finish. I think it's time to get excited. Oh, definitely. Yeah, um, with the young core they have, and I think Heppel is a really great leader for, the, yeah. for that young squad as well. I mean... Keep- I think Ratton and Heppel... Oh, they've, um, they've got something going yeah. there. I think, um, you know, what the rest of the league should be put on notice. Change the culture of that footy club. Yeah, no, definitely. And it's for the best. Yeah. We're, so we saw what they were able to do, and a lot of players are happy to be playing there. 
um, which is good. You know, despite what happened in uh, 2012 with their drug scandal, you know, Essendon have moved on from that now. It's not talked about as much, you know. Um, although it happened, you know, that whole system is now out the window. Rutten's in coaching and... Uh, I am excited for the next couple of years of Essendon Football Club. Yep. All right. Um, hopefully that streak comes to an end next season, though. You never know, mate. Um, Best on grounds. So I had Draper as my number one. So 44 hit outs, 18 touches. Had a big influence on the game. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, I had Cody Waitman. Even though he might have got his goals all off three kicks, still kicked four in mm-hmm. his first final. And three, I had uh, Libertoro. Okay. So, Libba had, he was just massive in the middle, um, 35 touches, lots of clearances. Um, yeah, so he was my best on ground. Okay. Um, for one vote for me, I had Cody Waitman. Um, you know, just the four goals in his first final game really set the tone. Um, especially in the first half as well. He was a big reason the dogs were able to keep it, you know, edge their, keep their noses in front. Um, two votes for me. I had liver, as you said, um, 35 touches, seven tackles. Yeah. You no, know, huge. This game, he stepped up, um, combining with, you know, that midfield that the dogs do have liver is just essential to their, um, mm-hmm. to their squad. And three votes for me. I had a uh, McRae, I had Jack McRae. Um, you know, a Brownlow, a Brownlow favourite of sorts. I don't think he'll win. Um, but this season has just been amazing for him. And even in finals, you know, leading um, the disposals. He's just so calm and collect. He's so clean with the ball. You know, yes, he starts yeah. a lot of those rebounds and which leads them down to the goal. Um, so, yeah, he gets my three votes. A little talking point there, though. Um, on the flip side of that, Bontempelli, he just you know the 23 touches but you'd expect more you know from a from the brown i expect for the more season. from him this week you know it's following his poor last week 15 I'm not, touches i'm not, I'm not going to be worried about him putting in a big game this week this season's on the line i feel like he's gonna come in and play a good game he's gonna step up yeah yeah um but, i just didn't see much of him he got a couple of uh inside 50s which are which i didn't see much of him hard. but he didn't have to do much no he didn't you know that's and that just comes down to the elite list that the doggies do have yeah you know there's so many players that can step up agreed all right so let's get into our uh five questions from week one of the finals right. so i'll my, get us started because oh. i've got the three yep okay all right so my first question is so the all australian team uh the 22 sided team was announced earlier in the week um and boy oh boy a lot of great players on that squad like every single one of them deserving to be there but you know as we said last week with our top 44 or whatever it was there's always going to be a couple players who miss out yeah all right so for this who is your biggest all australian snub uh i'll go jake stringer stringer yeah why the second half of his season, he averaged over two goals a game, averaged over 18 touches a game, and there's no place for him in the forward line? Well... I, I tend to dis- disagree with that. Well, I, I don't care how he played in his first half of the season. Mm-hmm. You look at his end-of-season averages, and they add up to look pretty good. Well, this this forward line, okay. So, Marcus Bontempelli, Tom Hawkins... Well, he's not a forward. 
No, they, exactly. Um, Marcus Bontempelli, Tom Hawkins, Christian Petrarca, Toby He's Green, no, Toby Green, Harry Mackay, Tom Papley. So the only ones, in my opinion, that are deserving to be in that forward line: Tom Hawkins, Toby Green, Harry Mackay, Tom Papley. Papley, no, yeah. Four, Fordman. Christian Petrarca and Bontempelli. They get find those somewhere else to put them midfield. They get those spots because it's, they're midfield. I. I don't like that, and I also don't like how there were no wingers. No, seedsmen. So that seedsmen should have had a mm-hmm. had a spot. And I've talked about this all season, about how, how I think wingers should actually get a spot in the All-Australian team. They just don't put them in there. I don't know why. They just don't put them in there. Mm-hmm. They put players on the wing that don't play on the wing. I don't get it, but... Yeah, that, so I'd for go you, with, Stringer? I'd go with Stringer. What about you? Uh, for me, I have to say Travis Boak yeah, for okay. Port Adelaide. You know, all season. Yeah. You know, he's a big reason why they uh, finished second on the ladder. Um, just his intensity. I just don't think there was any room for him. Well, that's it. That's it with making a list of 22, you know. And with how the game is at the moment, these midfielders, you know, you can make an argument for everyone. Like, Tuke Miller's in there. Average 30... Um, 30-plus disposals for the season, you know, um, however many straight games with 30 touches. Yeah. Um, Darcy Parrish, huge season. Merritt, huge season. Wines, you know, that's his partner in crime there. Like, who do you take out? Yeah, you just... When you've got so many midfielders in there, it's hard to, it's hard to replace them. Um, one thing I that, that it got right is that back line. You know, that, that, back, all, line that back line is perfect in my the opinion. The only thing is, a lot, I saw a lot of Carlton fans... Uh, not happy that Jacob Weedering was not included in that um, mm. in that back line, but I don't think he should have, anyways. So yeah, I mean, I don't think he should have. Jake Lever, Stephen May, Tom Stewart, huge. Yep. You know, Daniel Rich off half back the whole season has been elite for the Lions. Yep. Alir Alir, his intercept marking, especially in the second half of the season, and you know, top recruit of the year. Top recruit of the year, in my opinion, and Bailey Dale, you know. Yep. Yep, I agree with that. All right, so my question is, uh, so what are your thoughts on the Toby Green situation with the umpire? Should he be suspended? If so, how long? But before you say that, I have a verdict. Uh, well, do you want me to say my opinion before or after? Uh, what do you? What would you prefer? Uh, I'll say it. Um, so I don't no. know yet. He should get a week. You know, there's rules and, you know, it's the... It's the game for a reason. You cannot make contact with an umpire. I mean, although it's not to the extent that was happening in the 90s with, you know, players pushing umpires, that sort of thing, you cannot bump into an umpire. You know, he walked, he like walked straight Do you think it was intentional? Oh, yeah. yeah. He says that it wasn't, but, you know, he walked straight at him, you know, in a break and bumped straight into him. So I'd say he gets a week. The AFL cannot allow it. All right. You ready for this? Yeah. So, after deliberating for 44 minutes, the AFL Tribunal has found Toby Green guilty. Of course. Of making intentional contact with umpire Matt Stevick. Yep. The jury is satisfied that the contact was aggressive, mm-hmm. demonstrative, and disrespectful. It was. Um, so, the AFL's legal counsel, Jeff Gleason, is arguing for a suspension of no less than six matches. He says, this is a serious offence and a serious moment in the governments of the six game. Six matches. I would go... I think he should get four to six. Six matches. You can't wow. do it. No, you can't do it. Four to six, I agree. With the severity of it, and, you know, a lot. the AFL is all about protecting the umpires. You know, without the umpires, there's no game. I think he's done for the season. Well, obviously. Yeah. So, no, I mean, like, 
suspension wise. So even if they make the grand final, he won't be playing. Yeah, I know. Well, that's what four to six week. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. So the four to six week hasn't been announced, so that we don't. No, know it hasn't yet. been announced. Okay. So I'm okay. saying that I think he should oh. get four to six weeks. Yes. Yeah. No. Um, without Toby Green, I think it becomes really, really they difficult. Really, really difficult. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think guilty, which has been said. Basically, wrapped up that. Legit, you cannot you cannot walk into an umpire with the um, intent he did. I get accidental bumps, you know, if you're running backwards or something and you accidentally hit an umpire. But you know, you you you've seen the video, you've seen yeah. the footage. He looks straight at him. Multiple into angles him. of it, he walks right into no, him. Right Not much else to say AFL. about that. Right call by the AFL there. All right, so my second question. So this week, um, Carlton fired uh, coach uh, Teague, and. You know, I personally, I think he's a good coach. You know, I don't think he was given a lot of chances. You know, he was brought into Carlton Football Club and then COVID happened, all of that. So, you know, he hasn't had a fair shot at it. They fired him anyway. Um, what's next? What's next for Teague, do you reckon? Um, I'm not sure. I think he'd have to go for an assistant coaching role somewhere else. You don't think he'll be a head coach anywhere no, else? I don't. I don't think he's been given enough. I don't think... He's been given enough to show enough that he's good enough to be a head coach, in my opinion. I reckon he would be, but... With the right team? I, I With the right team, but I don't think he'll go straight into a head coaching role. I think he'll go back to assistant somewhere else. Um, the way the Carlton Footy Club handled that situation was horrible. It was poor, yeah. No. Very poor. Um, well, did you see um, Teague said that... He, no one um, supported him. No, nobody supported him at all. Um, Teague said um, that there were a lot of problems problems within Carlton Football Club and, you know, the way they've been playing, uh, you know, the way that system's run at the moment, I, th- I think he's absolutely right. Yeah. There are problems and they need to be sorted out before... They've had problems for years. <sighs> I mean, Carlton is such a, such a staple in the AFL yeah. footy club. You know, they've been around um, since, pretty, since the creation of footy um and to see a club like this go through that you know collingwood are going through a similar sort of thing um not to the extent carlton is of course um but yeah i think the carlton football club need to do some major reshuffling especially higher up yeah Yeah. higher up in their board um you know who controls their club they need to have a really good look at themselves and see what they're doing um but just the way they handled it was poor in my opinion but i think t goes back to an assistant coaching role somewhere else if the club offers him yeah well i I hope to see him back in a head coaching role it could be a no risk there's no risk in that and it would be high reward Mm -hmm. that's it all right what's your next question mate so uh i have uh why are brisbane incapable of winning big finals often recently uh so So five finals yep and only one win since 2019. It's it's hard, isn't it? Because in the home and away season, they look, you know, every year we say, wow, they're making a big finals push. Well, you they know? almost finished top of the ladder in 2019. <laughs> Where did they finish? Second. Second. So they lost to Richmond in the qualifying final, and then they lost to GWS. 2020, they um, finished in the top four again, mm-hmm. beat Richmond, and then lost the Geelong in a prelim. And then this year, clearly weren't good enough to beat the Ds. 
they've made changes to their side. Why? I just don't understand why. Like, I'm worried for them. Going I think into this I think game. changes for the better as well. I think their list has improved. Yeah. Since so I'm that. I'm worried about them going into this game to be honest. Especially against um, the doggies. The dogs. Yeah, yeah, a team that has been around that one or two I'm, mark the I'm whole season. For them. Uh, I'm worried as well. Um, in so your question was um you know what's like what's wrong with them sort of thing so yeah what, what was yeah it? so like i just don't understand why they just can't win these big finals i mean last year they had it so in place for them because the grand final was in queensland, in queensland as well yeah they would have played their whole final series in queensland and they just could not get the job done well you know I don't, and you, you can't you, use the excuse you that they're down, young yeah you can't bring it down to experience can you you could have in 2019 and 2020, but now they've had a couple final series behind them. They've played in a qualifying, they've played in a semi, they've played in a prelim. You know, they've got an elite midfield. You know, you've got Lyons, um, McCluggage, uh, Neil, Brownlow medalist. You've got an elite forward line, Danaher, Charlie Cameron, all those guys. And your backman as well, you know, your Daniel Richards, you know, all those Harris guys. Andrews. They have yeah, Harris Andrews, exactly. You've got Oscar McInerney in the ruck. Yeah. That is a good squad. You look at that team and you're like, this team should be able to go far. And although... They should really win a premiership. They should. That squad is huge. And it's they're never going to have this... Squads. Yeah, it's one of the best squads they've well, ever had. They're, they're obviously going to be good for the next few years, mm-hmm. but if they don't win a premiership in with this era, with the team they've got, that's disappointing in my opinion. I, I just don't know what they can do, you know. They've got a great coach. They have a great squad. They're just the thing not is, converting. they had confidence coming into the into the finals. They had good wins. They had a huge, huge win in the last round to get that top four spot. But I think um, they were obviously a top uh, fringe top four team for a reason. Well, I mean, they were versing Melbourne in their first game. They were, and you know, the but top team. Their top team for to a reason. To be the best, you have to beat the best. Mm, I like that. Um, but yeah, so you know, I reckon this will be a very good game against the doggies. Yeah, um, that is you know, the game and of the this weekend. is this is the Lions' chance to you know hit back and show that they belong in that yeah. top four. So they need a they need a um, they need a big statement. All right. So my last question is: so you know, with Geelong uh, lo- losing to Port Adelaide, and you know, with you know a generally what's considered an older team um, by AFL standard. Um, is this the Cats' last legit shot at finals for the next few years, do you reckon? I think they, this is their last shot at a premiership. I think they'll make finals, but I think this is their last shot at a premiership. Mm-hmm. You know, because Joel Selwood's old. Dangerfield's getting old. Tom Hawkins' old. Dangerfield's getting old. Uh Guthrie's getting old. Duncan's getting old. Everyone's getting old. Yeah. They have like nine... They they set a record this year for a record amount of players over the age of 30 playing mm. in one game. Yeah. Well, that's what that's, that's what I'm not saying. a record you want. They're getting old. Well, the Cats have been like the team for the past 10 years. You know, they're The team always... who... And they haven't won a premiership. Exactly. They've they're always, hungry. They've always been there, but just never been able to get over the line. They're hungry, but... it. Uh, I don't know. I guess you'd have to see what happens over the off season. Who retires? Who doesn't? Because I mean, they made the grand final last year, and uh, like going up against Richmond is no easy. Well, there's task, no Richmond this year. Exactly, and that's what that's what we well, 
that's was a bit of the thought process behind you know can Geelong go all the way well this uh, this is their chance and I think I, I think they'll win on Friday night but um, then they have to go and play Melbourne yeah, exactly and so, you, you saw what Melbourne did to Brisbane last yeah. week like. so it'll be interesting to see um, my final answer is yes yeah it's I'm going to say yes last legit shot at a I'm premiership I'm going to say yes yeah, I'd have to agree. Um, although I think they can, you know, consistently make the eight. They can consistently perform, but I think this is their last they do real have, they chance. They do have good young players, don't get me wrong. But, the, you know... This is their last real chance yeah, at a flag. The majority of their players are older, you know, yeah. more experienced. All right, cool. All right, um, so let's get into our semifinals uh, week review. So, uh, sorry, predictions. <laughs> Always getting that one mixed up. So, um, on the Friday night, we have Geelong and GWS at Optus Stadium. So, the neutral venue will suit the Giants. Well, guess where Don't we're going play on Friday. Gym. We are going to the game. <laughs> Hopefully, I can sit with you boys. Otherwise, I've got a nice nice spot on the wing, five rows back from the ground, if I cannot sit with you. But, no, that's th- alright. This will be an exciting game to be at. Uh, good to watch a final at Optus Stadium again. Yeah, Remember Although last time we were there? Teams. Was, don't don't remind me. West Coast and don't Essendon in 2019. Yeah, don't remind me. It was a what 59 point blowout. It was. Um, so this could be. I I was under the influence that Toby may may play, but this could be. This could be a bit worrying for the Cats, especially after the last time these teams played in round 22. So Toby Green didn't even play that game. Um, so it's going to be. Oh, no, sorry, he did. He did play. Mm. But it's going to be a bit worrying, maybe. Cats aren't full of confidence I, right I now. I feel as though the Cats are a bit shaky at the yeah, moment. Yeah, they're you know? a bit shaky. They're not full of confidence. It's going to be a tough game, but the Giants are going to be likely without Toby Green, and I think that's just going to prove too much. So I've got Geelong West 17. Well, I, I think it's just such a hard game to predict, you know? Um, we we talk about missing key players, so Giants missing Toby Green, um, Cats missing Tom Stewart, for example. Like, there's so many factors that go into it, and Geelong they need to win this game. I think they need to win more than the Giants need to win, in my opinion. Hold on, I've got some Toby Green news. Yep. So, um, Toby Green's representative says this is an unusual case. He points to Tom Hawkins' one-match ban for swatting the hand of the umpire Dean Margetts in 2018 and says the jury need uh, should be informed by the previous cases that have come before you. He argues for a severe financial penalty and not a suspension. He says a fine of a be- of between twenty dollars to $25,000 is appropriate. Uh, the tribunal's jury will now deliberate once again, this time on a penalty. The AFL is arguing for a minimum six-match suspension whilst Toby Green's camp is arguing for a fine in the region of twenty to 25000 well, they they So hugely, they will have an outcome soon. They have, that is a hugely disproportional like, uh, that's, punishment, you know? Like one is a fine, one is six games. One is a lot of money, especially for they a fine. Just want, in, they just want him to for play. For a fine in the AFL... I don't think we realize how big of a fine that actually is. No, I mean you, you go, don't see you this the, type of you fine. You go to the NBA, you see you one know. or two thousand dollar fines, yeah. but not twenty five thousand. No, that is huge. That is, that means Toby Green is willing to pay twenty five thousand just to play. To, to play, you know, and even if he does play, you know, I think they they're well, they are a lot better chance of winning, but you know, 
if they lose, then uh, that's twenty five thousand dollars gone. It is. Um, when that is interesting. Yeah, it is. Um, are you who? Who's your winner and who's your margin? If Toby Green plays, I think the Giants get up. Okay. Um, if he doesn't play, the Cats will win, but it'll still be a close game. I th- I got to say ten points. Okay. Right. So, yeah, I see the Cats going through and they'll play Melbourne, right. I reckon. So, next game, the Lions and the Dogs on Saturday night at the Gabba. So, Brisbane are fortunate to be able to play this game at home. Um, it's the best game of this, this weekend. This is the, this is the um, um, Lions shot right yeah. now. You know, do, it's a do so or die game. this is two premiership favourites playing off in the semi-final. Um, so, the Dogs are looking... They got, they got the momentum. With Brisbane potentially worrying about their recent finals record yep. at this point in time. Yep. Um, I think where the game is going to be won is midfield versus midfield. Both two elite midfields. Which midfield is going to get on top? Which one is going to win the game for their team? I think the Doggies. I think okay. the Doggies can get up here. Well, in, the, in terms of the midfield, I think the Dogs' midfield is better um although they slipped at the end of the season as you said before Bontempelli is looking you know that's the captain you yeah know, that's the brown that was the brownlow favorite for the first you know 18 rounds um i think the doggies get up here you know they are filled with confidence coming off the back of a win against essendon um although it wasn't a high scoring game of sorts you know brisbane they're down on confidence um the only thing i can say going well for brisbane is the fact that it is played at home you know yeah we talked about the importance of a home final and playing the game at the gabba is really good for brisbane um if norton can repl- if norton can replicate his performance against essendon i reckon they've got it i don't think danaher will go scoreless again i'm sure he'll get a goal but this, as you said, game of the round. I have to go the doggies here by slim margins, you know. I'm going to go... Less than a goal, maybe. I'm going to go Brisbane by 14. I think they're going to they're gonna step up. I think at home, I think they're due for a finals win. I think I so think it's going to happen. You're, be- you're going against their un- unfortunate record yeah. in finals. Freddie? I think they're going to turn it around. So, so you think um, Brisbane will advance to play Port Adelaide next week? I do. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, as we said, that is a really good game to watch. So Saturday night, I will be having the TV on and watching this game. Agreed. Um, semi-final footy, you know, only two games this week, and boy, they're two big ones. Yep. Um, do or die for both clubs. Good episode, mate. Yeah, no, good stuff. Um, I really enjoyed talking with you today about um, first round of finals. I didn't expect it to go this long. Oh, well, we've, you know... It's been missing, 50 minutes. Really? So that's yeah. our usual episode time. And, you know, however many less games. More yeah. like five less games or whatever than we usually would. But, yes, yeah, so much to talk about. Such a, you know, such an exciting time for AFL footy. It is. Um, well, that wraps up uh, episode nine of the 23rd Man podcast. Um, so next week, uh, we'll know what teams are going to be we'll playing, be playing off in grand the grand final. Yep. Very interesting. Um, So, yeah, enjoy the semifinals, guys. All right, have a good week, guys. See you later.